0: This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode 39 with guest Amy Smith. All information and resources that you hear here in this podcast can be found by going to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 39.
1: This is the Your
0: Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help
2: and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl
0: who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, ass kickers, Andrea Owen here, and welcome to the show. I am so honored to have you here. Really, y'all, I mean it so much. And today I've decided to forego the traditional reading of the bio, like it's the running with the bulls or something. Um, but this is my best friend, Amy. And I just kind of feel like if I just read her bio, that's really boring because I can, I know her so deeply and intimately. Uh, I can tell you more about her really by just telling you from my heart. And this is really off the cuff. You guys, I have not rehearsed this. I just hit record. So Amy is someone that I met years and years ago and is one of those people that you meet. And she really, truly is one of those people who I believe just came out of the womb, evolved, came out of the womb, just already born to have an open mind and an open heart. And and really that's what drew me to her in, in the first place. And I'm, I'm so grateful to call her not just a colleague, but my very best friend, because she is really someone who looks at the world with an open heart and an open mind and an open spirit and is so incredibly wise beyond her years. I am so lucky to call her my best friend because I can come to her. And not only does she help me through things when I when I ask her to and is so incredibly smart, but really is one of those people who will see you and hear your story and truly see you and hold space for you. And I know that that sounds really coachy and that's okay. Cause truly that's what she does. Um, I don't really know how else to describe it. She just has a spirit about her that, um, is like no one I've ever met before. And what I always say about her, you know, when someone asks me about her and they've never met her, I always say she makes me a better woman. Just by by being around her, one of the most genuine, authentic, and smart people that you'll you'll ever meet, um, Amy Elizabeth Smith. So here she is on episode thirty nine of the Your Kick Ass Life podcast. Hey there, ass kickers! Welcome to episode thirty nine, and I have a very special guest, probably one that none of you know. <laughs> <laughs> If you've followed my podcast at any length of time or followed me at all, you know that the Joy Junkie is Miss Amy E. Smith. So, <laughs> hey, Amy. <Ooh>. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Very excited, as usual, to have you. And I, we've often talked about having our own show, and I think uh-huh. someday we will. I don't yeah. know how we're going to fit it all in with our very know. busy, fancy lives. I know, I know, right,
3: yeah, no, there's definitely, I, I, although I do think it might be nice if it was like a comedy hour,
0: right <laughs> so, as you know as kickers, I or maybe you don 't know, so should I, I should probably start from the beginning. I recently this summer uh, went to a training to get some new coaching skills. And the training was put on by Dr. Brené Brown, her senior faculty, and is based on the 14 years of research that she has done around vulnerability, authenticity, courage, and shame. And that's really where the focus of your kick-ass life is going. And it is really something that I have talked about a lot in so many words, but Now I have kind of different words to wrap around it and to really hone in on this issue in order for everybody to have a better life, because that's what we're all here for. So, and the reason, mainly what Dr. Bernie Brown's message is, is that we're all here on this earth for connection. And really the birthplace of that is vulnerability and the birthplace of everything. Like all of the positive, uh, emotions in our life. She actually says all emotions, the hard ones and the, the easier ones, dark ones and light ones, whatever you want to call them. Really vulnerability is the birth birthplace of all of them. And so that's really what I wanted to talk to about with Amy today and more specifically about vulnerability in our partnerships and in our relationships. Because, um, what I see in some of my clients that come to me for one-on-one work and in groups, it's, it can be an issue and one person is more vulnerable than the other, or somebody wants to, sort of you know have more vulnerability in their life but they aren't sure how to instigate it or they might be like going about it in not the right way so that's why we're here we're gonna talk about vulnerability and relationships all right so first question okay are you ready born ready <laughs> <laughs> well, the first question I have, and I think this is one of the really common ones, is what do you do when your partner has trouble opening up and being vulnerable? Where should someone start?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's funny. I kind of, I knew what we were going to kind of chat about today and I ran it by my husband and we we do a podcast together. And so he's uh, kind of
1: <laughs> inadvertently- Shameless promotion.
3: He he's inadvertently become a life coach <laughs> because he just listens to all this stuff all the time. So I was kind of running it by him and we were talking about vulnerability and intimacy and what that really looks like and means in a relationship and what do you do. And I, um, and I, I was kind of researching some of the, the definitions and stuff. And I thought this was really fascinating. So vulnerability, if you actually look up the definition of it, it, it has a real negative connotation because it talks about being vulnerable is opening yourself up to hurt Mm -hmm. or being susceptible to injury, being susceptible to hurt. Right. And so that really, I think is the, what we're always trying to avoid. Right. Mm -hmm. So what do we do? We build up all these walls and we don't allow the closeness. We don't allow intimacy yet. It's the same thing that we crave. So I've always felt in my world that, that, uh, vulnerability has a direct correlation to the amount of intimacy that you experience. So if you are not willing to be vulnerable, then guess what? You're not going to experience the depth of intimacy that you're capable of as a human. So it, truly, you know, I've always said, like, the reason why my husband and I are so incredibly intimate with one another is the same reason why either one of us could destroy each, the other one mm-hmm. in an instant because we're in that deep. There's no walls. And we, we are susceptible to hurt. But the flip side of that is that we are able to uh, sink into an intimacy that most people never see, never touch. But it's a risk. So there's a piece of understanding that there's a trade off there. now, so, so that's just kind of like a precursor about this whole yeah. concept well, and topic. I want to stop you
0: for a second. And, and I hold, hold your thought because I think that you're absolutely right on about what you said about vulnerability. And that's what Brene talks about that. That's her definition of it as well. Is that, you know, she's not out there saying like, Oh, vulnerability is like the birthplace of everything. And it's super easy and everyone should do it. Like, no, you're right. It's, it's emotional. I think she describes it as emotional risk, uncertainty and emotional exposure Yeah, and, um, And I think that that's absolutely it. Like you, it's the, and what she also said, it's the, it's a direct correlation. You know, your ability to be vulnerable is also directly correlated to it's, it's, she calls it like the greatest measure of courage. Oh yeah. Yes. Right. Because like, it's so
3: easy for us to walk around with a mask, Uh you know, to walk around with walls up and fake it. and you're, 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 tr- it's right. You're true in understanding that you are safe. You are totally safe. But you're also unable to experience the vast depth of intimacy and soulful connection that we're capable of as humans. Mm-hmm. That's what, so, so it's an acknowledgement. So if you, if you find yourself craving depth and intimacy, get ready to, to exercise some courage, get ready to be uncomfortable because they are directly related. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not as familiar with her work at all, but that, that's one thing that I've always said is like, dude, <laughs> if you want it to be intimate and super connected and close and soulful, then you need to knock some of your walls down.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It, you need to exercise risk period,
0: it's scary. It is scary because you it's don't know t- what, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And I think that that's what people struggle with a lot. I think, and I don't want to blanket this, but like, especially women is, is we love control and a guaranteed outcome. I think just a lot of people do. It's it's yeah. just one of the defense mechanisms that we put up and there is none in intimacy or love. You know, we could put our heart out there and be vulnerable with someone and we could get rejected. We could get, you know, they, they don't take down their walls like we have no idea what's going to happen. And you're right. Like you can fake it. And I think that's what most people walk around doing, but that is the definition of disconnection and that is heartbreaking. And there's, in my opinion, there's way, way greater risk in life than to go through life disconnected and never have taken the chance to be vulnerable and experience that than to actually try.
3: Yeah. You know what? And something that I I absolutely agree with you on that. And I would love to share somewhat of an anecdote with a, a friendship of mine where, uh, like I was vulnerable and then I got hurt and all this stuff. But I think, um, for me with what you just said, regardless if I'm hurt or not, or regardless if somebody like destroys me, if I've invested in a friendship or a relationship, um, that's the woman I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to be a woman who feels deeply. I want somebody like, even when I lost my father, I was like, God, this is the depth of human emotion right here. Like, this is what it feels like to be in sorrow and grief. I want that. I want to be able to feel deeply and richly. So. Yes, there's an absolute risk anytime you're vulnerable, whether it's an intimate partnership or a friendship, family members, whatever. But that's the woman I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to feel that, you know, whatever it is. So for me, it's like that reward, that gain of feeling that the uh, depth of my humanity, that's reward enough, regardless how I'm received. And I don't know how many people actually view it that way. Um, because we, we think avoid hurt, avoid hurt, Mm -hmm. avoid pain, Mm -hmm. avoid pain. But if, if you've ever read, you know, the power of now, um, with Eckhart Tolle, it's all about like, what can we feel in our pain? Like what's here for us? What, what power can we experience when we actually sink into emotions that we're feeling, even if they're negative? Um, and my God, that's powerful because you feel so human and like. You're not running, right? It's a, it's a, you're not running away from feeling your humanity. So, I mean, that's a little disconnected from our topic, but, um, I wanted to just share something kind of as personal story that I had. And then I definitely want to get back to what do you do if your partner isn't vulnerable or willing? Um, but I had a situation and I think this kind of underscores what I'm talking about as being the human you want to be and allowing yourself to feel what you want to feel. Um, And so I have this close friend of mine and we do a lot of theater, theater work together. I do some of that in my, in my spare time. And, um, he was sharing with a group of us, like just a really beautiful sentiment about, about acting and, you know, it was very emotionally charged and it was just really, really beautiful. Right? Mm-hmm. So I send him a text and, and I just said, I just love the man that you are. You know, I love the human you are. Thank you for sharing your heart. I, you know, so, something I was really open, vulnerable, whatever. He responds with a smiley face and <laughs> I was like, no, that is not how you respond. To, to me being vulnerable. <laughs> I did not accept nothing.
0: that smiley face emoticon.
3: I was like, ignore. No. So I was like, that is not acceptable. And so my first response was, I think, one that many of us do. Okay, I was vulnerable and I was not met with vulnerability. Therefore, I'm hurt and I'm going to shut down. And that was my first instinct was like, I'm done with you. I'm done trying to be an open vessel of what's going on in my heart, how I feel about you, blah, blah, blah. And this is really the chronology of what I went through in like 24 hour span. Mm -hmm. So, so at first I get like really upset, like done, done. I'm never going to do that. Never going to be open with you again, you know, angry, mad, which is a totally natural response to being rejected or something we equate as rejection, whether or not it really was or not.
0: member fdic
4: i'm margaret and i'm amy and together we host the podcast what fresh hell laughing in the face of motherhood margaret i would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom correct sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom (laughs) well you're amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago mom
3: And so I thought about it and then I was like, you know what, I will not allow somebody like this in my life who isn't able to handle vulnerability or, or it's challenging for them. I will not allow them to change the beauty of the vulnerable person that I am already because I want to be her. I still want to be that woman who says exactly what she thinks, who isn't afraid of, um, talking about rich and deep things who isn't afraid to tell people what they mean to me. Like, I want to always be that. And, and so then I, I got to this point where I was like, no, I'm not going to put up walls just because I'm, I didn't get the response I want. Cause that's not the woman I want to be. So then we ended up having a conversation and I just like told him point blank. I'm like, you pissed me off with that you know, and that in a note was vulnerable. And, and I shared with him exactly what I just told you guys right now, that I'm not willing to be shut down emotionally and halt intimacy or halt vulnerability because I was, uh, or my perception of how I was received was poor at one point, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, so I think that it's, um, That's also a statement to personal power because you decide what this is going to mean in your life. And I kind of went, okay, I'm not going to allow that to change who I am, period. And I don't think that that's the natural response. I think our natural fight or flight type of primitive response is to go, oh my God, that equated hurt, that was equated embarrassment, abort mission, don't do that again. Right. Instead of going, you know what? I'm really like how I showed up. I'm going to continue to do that. You know, this is a totally different perspective.
0: Totally different perspective, and I think that you're right on. Where and what I see a little bit of a different topic, but what I see frequently in some of the clients that come to me is that they get to be in their thirties typically, and a lot of their friendships have have sort of withered out because of situations like that. Because. They wanted a deeper connection with their girlfriends and they opened up and were vulnerable and it wasn't reciprocated or, um, you know, they were really there and, you know, held the space for somebody when they, one of their friends, when they went through something and then it wasn't reciprocated. So they shut down and then they don't let anybody in because they make the assumption that that's just how it's going to be. And I think that happens in intimate relationships as well. I mean, that's what people are talking about when they say like you've built up walls. That's totally. exactly what that is. So, so tell, tell us what, what should someone do with? and I think that your example was, was a really good example of what happens in intimate relationships. So what, you know, well, it, so here's, here's something,
3: just a note on what you just said. Um, because I could have easily shut down in that situation and gone like oh, fucking smiley face. And that became really real to me. And a truth about, he doesn't care about me as much, or this friendship isn't as rich as I think it is. Blah, 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 blah. Right. You create a truth, sever the relationship. You, you know, it becomes a gap, Mm -hmm. right? Instead, I just fucking laid it out on the line and told him everything about how I felt about it. And the reality. What he said to me was that was one of the most heartfelt, amazing texts I've ever received. And sometimes I don't know how to articulate how exactly I feel about you.
0: Which I think is a typical response for men. Right.
3: But my God, what a different truth that was than what Mm -hmm. I made up. But the point that I wanted to drive home about this is there was a conversation and I, I really, in my body of work and everything that I've learned, I don't know if there's really any way to cultivate intimacy and vulnerability without conversing candidly. Like, I don't know if there's an alternative method besides plain old conversation. So I really think that there's, um, it really depends on where you're at in your particular relationship, but I would say take a baby step towards vulnerability. So like, let's say you're in a relationship where, you know, you're the partner who's done some work. Um, you're really interested in creating um, a little bit more of a vulnerable relationship. And you you have a relationship where, you know, it's very routine and your partner comes home from work and you're like, how was your day? Oh, it was fine. And then you eat, maybe you eat in silence and you talk only about surface stuff and you're, you're just not really in any depth I don't think the, the natural conversation is to be like, tell me about your childhood fears. Mm-hmm. You know, like,
0: I don't think the that's hardest the hardest thing you've ever been through.
3: Right. <laughs> tell me what is, you know, what you're terrified of, you know, your, the, <laughs> you know, your depth, uh, your fears, you know, I, I don't think that's the place to start. And so one of the things that I wanted to underscore is, you know, I was looking at these different words. Like I was saying, I looked at the word Intimacy. Right. And really the only like definition of that is closeness. And even when we talk about intimate apparel, it's something that is closer to our body. It's the, um, the level underneath, right? It's mm. not your surface clothing, your outerwear. It's your intimate apparel, right? It's closer the to your guess heart. Your skin. uh-huh. Right. Yeah. It's closer to your skin. So I kind of thought, Oh, what a great metaphor for the closeness in our relationships. So what, how could you get a little closer, a little bit under the surface level? And sometimes it's just about plain old getting to know one another. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things that I love to do that, that are very harmless. One of them is relatively new that I've started doing with my husband. And we just started looking up, um, Uh, Would you rather questions online Mm -hmm. and and it's really funny and it's kind of surface and it's very conversational, but it starts to allow us to get to know one another because when we're saying like, okay, would you rather wear a clown clown clothing (laughs) for the rest of your life? Or would you rather wear clown makeup every day for the rest of your life? You know? And then we start dice. Well, okay, then you could do this and well, gosh, it's such a pain in the ass to do that and blah, blah, blah. And so you start getting to know how each other thinks and what your thought process is Mm -hmm. and what your rationale is like. And it's a getting to know one another. Um, so that's one of our favorite things to do. I love also, that. Also, you can do, you know, there's tons of questions on the internet um, where you can look up, like, getting to know you questionnaires. And, like, well, what is your thoughts on global warming? Or what are your thoughts on leftovers? Or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <laughs> I know you the, have thoughts about those. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. I have issues with leftovers. You
0: know, what are your, what? who were your closest childhood friends? You know, well, like, that. Didn't you say that, like you, you know, you've been married with Mr. Smith forever. And like, he knew that you had an issue about leftovers, but didn't you say recently, or am I making this up that he didn't know why? And so like one of your things was he asked you like, what is your deal with that? And like, it was new to him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I kind of went, I often don't want to ever eat the leftovers, but I think because I grew up with so much scarcity, it, it hurts my heart to throw away something. Like food,
0: even though you know very well when you're packing it up that you're not going to eat it. Yes, <laughs> you like the so I much show first so I much reality.
3: rather <laughs> let it just. I'd rather save it and then let it spoil, and then I can throw it away because it's spoiled. Yeah, it's the it's the stupidest rationale, but it's one of those like little Amyisms, yeah. and that. Those are a getting to know you. That's a beneath the surface.
0: Well, and I think that like if Mr. Smith, if you guys didn't already have the level of intimacy that, that you have, like it would have been a great conversation for you to talk more about your childhood and like growing up with scarcity and what that was like for you. And that's a vulnerable conversation. It is. And I think,
3: I think, um, a lot of times we equate vulnerability and intimacy to being, radical. Like we have to talk about our deepest pains and Mm -hmm. we have to talk about our deepest fears and it doesn't always have to be the case. Like what if that just equated really knowing, like truly knowing somebody, like let's get to know each other further. So you can do things like that. Um, also the book of questions is a great one Mm -hmm. where you just, it's just conversation starters. Um, because even, even if you've been in a long term relationship where you haven't necessarily uh, exercised a lot of vulnerability, you, you get into ruts where you come home, you both are quiet through dinner. Have you ever seen that when you, you witness a couple who, who's quite a bit older and they're sitting having food together and they're not saying a word? Like yeah. they just don't. That's converse intriguing it? to me. They don't converse. I think you know, that's fascinating to me. So it takes a little effort. Um, but, but we do that all the time where we just bust out book of questions or we do some would you rathers and it's about cultivating a knowing, like knowing each other. And that's, that's totally intimate mm-hmm. and, and, and totally vulnerable to say, well, gosh, you know, even as we were doing these, would you rather's, I'm like, I'm too vain. I'm too vain. Like it bothers me to have somebody pick out my clothing, you know, cause we did one, like, would you rather have somebody cook for you? For the rest of your life, like decide what you're going to eat because I'm kind of controlling about my food or would you rather they pick out your clothes for the rest of your life? And I was like, oh my God, at least if they picked out fat, fattening foods for me and I gained a bunch of weight, I would at least know how to dress my figure, you know, and I could still <laughs> express myself creativity, cre- creatively. So, so again, I'm just sharing. It's like, it's a superficial sort of like joking, would you rather conversation that leads to really getting to know one another. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I also think, you know, when we were talking about earlier, just plain old having conversation, letting them know candidly, I really love you and I really crave you and I want more of you. And I, I would love for us to, to continue to date, to court one another, to get to know each other even further. Um, I don't think you need to say like, I need you to really be more vulnerable with me. You Mm -hmm. know, like Mm -hmm. sometimes I think it's, we make it way bigger than we need it to be, you know?
0: And I, I really love that. And I really want to, I think that's really worth repeating that your whole point about that. It doesn't need to be like this big grand step of asking someone about their childhood or if maybe your partner had a parent that treated them poorly or passed away, you know, you don't need to dig. That's, that's pretty scary and vulnerability in and of itself is scary for people, but I do, I think that you can, you can really ease into it. I mean, um, it's so funny. I had, you know, I've been trying to do that more and more with Jason and just asking questions. And we recently had a conversation about candy, and cool <laughs> because we recently discovered our, our mutual love for gummy bears. And it was something that like, we had never known about each other before. Like if somebody asked me like, what are Jason's top five candies? I would probably would not have put gummy bears on there. So was just like kind of by accident, we found this out. And then we started having this conversation and, and like, he knows that I don't, I'm not a fan of Snickers. And so he was like, what is it about Snickers that you don't like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you just never know where that could lead. It could lead into something bigger. And I think that even if it is just a conversation about candy, it opens up conversations that are not about your work, that are not about your children, that are not about just like these really everyday things. Yeah, that you talk about all the time where we have these like robotic answers. So I think that's, that's really helpful. Thank you for that.
2: No one told us the truth about parenthood.
3: Well, I just, I wanted to make a mention about this too, cause this is so funny that you brought up candy because, um, Mr. Smith and I have had conversations about that too, which turns out he was shamed a lot as a child for spending any money that he, he, you know, was, he always worked really hard, you know, and like paper routes and stuff. And he was shamed if he spent it on candy. Hmm. So as an adult he still has a very strong sweet tooth but he always feels the need to hide any sweets. So if he if he gets candy he'll eat it in the car and you know he's it, he's working on not carrying shame around sugar and things like that but had we never gotten in a conversation about candy and stuff like we would have never gotten to this. Oh, so there's some interesting stuff about your childhood around that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's an exact example of how something really superficial can lead to something very vulnerable. And the point is you guys like it, if, if really the Genesis of intimacy is just a knowing, just get to know each other. Yeah. Yeah. It can be, you know, really, really simple, right? Um, and I just wanted to say one other comment, um, that we did years ago for one of our anniversaries, he wrote up, a uh, hundred things. I don't know about you, a hundred questions, and you can source these types of things on the internet. And what we did is we kept this like packet of paper in my purse. And every time we went to dinner, we always, you know, very ritualistically had a date night once a week. We still do. And we would take them to dinner and we would do like a question or two over dinner Mm -hmm. and it was getting to know each other. It was depth. It was intimate. It was vulnerable. It was sharing, but it wasn't under this place of like, tell me your fears. You know, like (laughs) it was fun and playful and enjoyable and, um, vulnerability and intimacy were like a byproduct instead of like the focus.
0: Right. Yes. I like that. I totally like that. Um, and that's going to be a tweetable by the way. And <laughs> I, I, it's funny. I, next time I see Mr. Smith, I'm going to be sure to give him a big pack of gummy bears. Um, but I think that's a really great segue into the other point that I wanted to spend some time discussing is I think that intimacy, you know, the word gets thrown along around a lot when it comes to relationships and, you know, things that we need to have with our partner and, I think that a lot of people, me for one, for a long time, didn't even really know what that meant. Um, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions, A, that it has to do with sex and, mm-hmm. that, and, I, and I knew that that wasn't the case, but there was like for a long time where I just was like, I don't even know what that truly looks like. And that's why I think it's a perfect question for you because you've had so much experience in that in your own marriage and, and talk about it. So give us, give us your thoughts. The floor is yours
3: just on intimacy and relationships in general.
0: Yeah. Just like what it is and what it looks like, you know, whether you, I mean, you have given pointed to some really good examples of of what it is, but, um, like if you had to, like if an alien came from another country and you had to explain what it is, like, what is it?
3: Yeah. You know what I think? Um, well, what's, what's interesting is sexual intercourse is actually one of the definitions of intimacy. But if you look at it, it's like seven definitions down. Like it's not Mm. the primary definition. And really the primary definition is closeness. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. It's connection to somebody on a close level. So that can be interpreted in any number of ways. But I really, really loved, you know, of course, like, eighth or ninth definition was intimate clothing, like intimate apparel. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, I mentioned that earlier for a very distinct reason. I think it is a great metaphor for us to look at, is this something that's on the surface or is this close to my heart? And is it something that actually has depth or meaning? Um, I think you can be intimate with a stranger. Yeah. You know, because it's, a, it's about, is this something that's close to who I am. Is this a definition of who I am? Is this, um, an extension of who I am, or is this really, really the surface level? Mm -hmm. And that's really it. So I think it's about closeness and knowing with somebody, um, anybody, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the realm of sexuality. I definitely think there's an intimacy in, um, Closeness and knowing somebody sexually for sure. But I think also like even for you and I, Andrea, like I feel like we have a very intimate relationship in the sense that I know you and am very close to you in ways where um I know what's on your heart. I mm-hmm. know what you're passionate about. I know what scares you. I know what excites you. It's a knowing like that's nice. it. It's not just, I know what sexually gets you off. Like, I don't know you intimately that way,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) but I think what you're pointing to and what keeps coming up for me when you're saying all of that is that it's about connecting heart to heart with someone and it doesn't necessarily have to be a conversation.
3: Right? No. Yeah, absolutely. It can be spiritual. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be a look. It can be, you know, connecting that way. Like how many people are so uncomfortable looking at each other in the eyes? Mm hmm. You know, I mean, even that is a step of intimacy with, with somebody. I mean, you are looking at, you know how you can look at somebody and you can really look at them and feel them and connect, or you can just look at them Mm -hmm. and you're kind of glazed over. That's not intimate, you know, like that's a difference there between something surface or something close to the heart.
0: Yeah. I also think it's, it's connecting at a heart level and it's really opening yourself up. And I think that that's really the hardest part for people. And I I think a question that comes up often is people, it's sort of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like who goes first? I I, I hear that sometimes, you know, it's like, I want somebody to be intimate and vulnerable with me, but I really want them to go first because I'm too afraid of (laughs) it not being reciprocated.
3: Right. So my advice in that would be say exactly that to your spouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like say exactly that. Like I am craving intimacy and I am terrified of making the first move.
0: Collaborate vulnerable. Just saying that.
3: Right. Like how infrequently do we really look at relationship as collaboration? Like it is, it's not you or I it's us. So how do we make us work And sometimes you just have to give voice to what's going on for you. Mm -hmm. And I think, what do we do? We spend so much time in fear paralysis and we never do anything about it. Like, what if you actually had that conversation and said, God, I crave you. I want to know you. I want to know everything about you. And I know that the thought of you knowing everything about me terrifies the shit out of me. So it's got to terrify you. What do you want? Like, mm-hmm. let's talk about, like, can we actually just have a conversation about
4: it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it reminds me of when we were in coach training, um, one of the, the leaders, Amy and I went to the same coaching school, the coaches training Institute, Jeff Jacobson, who's brilliant. He, one of my favorite things that he said was, you know, if you're in a coaching conversation, which is intimacy and coaching someone is, is an intimate relationship. And if you don't know what to say and you're feeling really vulnerable, say what's there just absolutely say, and it's actually one of the principles that they taught us as coaches. Yeah. It's like, you know, maybe when it, like your client says something to you and you are stumped or maybe like shit came up in your own life, like in your mind that's going on, you know, for you, then you just say it. Like I got really distracted right there because, um, (laughs) you know, and it's like, wow, what if we just lived our lives like that? Like how different the world would be if we just said what's there.
3: Right. Yeah. And you know, it's something that I've I've said over and over again that most of our problems would be completely solved. If we just spoke our truth out loud, mm-hmm. like all, most of our relationship problems would be solved. But what do we do? We talk to our coach about it. We talk to our therapist. We talk to our best friend. And meanwhile, our spouse has no idea what's upsetting us. Yeah. Like, really? Like no. So, I mean, if you want an answer that doesn't involve talking, this is not for you. Like, I don't know that. I don't know any other way to cultivate connection without speaking to one another,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, long-term. I mean, definitely there's a connection you can do with like eye contact and, you know, lyrical dance, lyrical dance, <laughs> um, knitting and stuff (laughs) like that. Like there's definitely stuff that's nonverbal, Right. but I, I also have a huge problem with people trying, I call it doing things to get things where they think that solely by their action, they're communicating their needs. And it's just a fallacy. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, like, okay, if like, for instance, if I, if my husband leaves his shoes out all the time and I enough times grab them and throw them into a closet, one day he's going to, of course, notice how much I want him to change. put his shoes away. It's like, no, we're not mind readers. It's the same situation with this friend of mine who thought, oh my gosh, all I have right now to give this girl is a smiley face. Yeah. And then when we actually had a conversation about it, he opened up and was like, I don't know how to express that to you sometimes, how much I care about you. Yeah. And and then it was like, oh, well, look what happens when we fucking talk about it. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> oh, such good wisdom and nuggets from you, Joy Junkie.
3: Oh, <laughs> thanks. I love it's it. A, this is a hard one, you it know? It
0: is. And I think that this is why I'm 39 episodes in and I've had you on my podcast three times and, and I haven't brought it up yet. But I just... And that's why I'm excited for, you know, to talk about this more, just more and more and more, because I, I really do think it's the key to connection with people and that's in connection with people is the key to happiness. So, yeah. um, thank you so much for this. I just, I love every minute of this. I love learning new things from you, even though we talk every day. And so tell people where, cause I know that you have more on relationships and how people can create better relationships in their lives. I mean, this was just a tiny snippet of what you have to offer. So where should people go?
3: Oh my gosh. Well, right now, um, at the time that this is airing and everything like that, I would love for everybody to cruise by. Um, I have a free video series happening right now. Um, and if you just go to the um, you can get all three videos and we cover stuff like this, like how, what's like the brass tacks on communication, sex and intimacy, um, I cover what I believe is the number one secret to a happy, long-term, fulfilling relationship. And it's all totally free. And uh, there's challenges and you can uh, take the challenge each day and try to implement in your relationship. And it's designed to be very short, very easy things that you can implement to actually make a marked difference in your relationship, like
1: today. Mm -hmm. So I love um, that
0: they're like short. I mean, seriously, you guys, everybody has 15 minutes. You can get off of Facebook and Instagram for 15 minutes today. Well, and I always think like, what blows me away is that if I were to ask anybody, like, what's your, what's the most
3: important things to you in your life? Most of us would say my marriage, my children, my family, my spirituality. Right. And then you go, well, how much time do you actually put in, how much time and energy do you put into this thing, this relationship that you swear means something to you? And, and it's like, uh, oh, <laughs> Actually I always put that on the back burner. Like yeah. what would change if you actually tended to this like mm-hmm. it mattered.
0: Yeah. You know? So Yeah. So if it's it's the kickassrelationship.com, right? Yep. All one word. No, and no the link, underscores. The link will be in the show notes here, you guys. And, and of course, if you need any links to the resources, if you go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 39, if you, um, are driving, or if you have my website bookmarked, yourkickasslife.com forward slash 39 and thekickassrelationship.com. So yep. thank you so much for being here. It's always, always a pleasure. Oh, I'm you so happy come to come back anytime. Cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, I'll come back tomorrow. Done. All right, Ask kickers. thank you so much for being here and sharing your time and space with us. I am I'm so grateful and honored to share the journey with you um, and help you create your kick-ass life. So until next time, I will see you out in the interwebs. Bye-bye.